Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Southside Agenda podcast with Charlie and Zidane. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. Make sure you guys follow the Twitter at Southside Agenda. Post it on there a lot. Pretty active. Following people, liking tweets. Give us a follow there. Letting you guys know when we're posting a new episode. As always, Zidane, how's this episode going to roll out today? Fun one. Exactly. We have a great, and I think one of the funnest we've ever done. Obviously, we have to talk about some news, especially one big Sad, but hopefully okay, White Sox news. Then we'll go into some White Sox prospects we're happy to see in spring training and we're looking forward to. And then one of our funnest segments ever, I think, will be bold predictions. We'll have three players slash three predictions for the White Sox and then for the MLB in general, as usual. And finally, an open discussion about spring training and just how it's looking and how we feel about it. Hey, Charlie, you want to start us off? All right. So, this 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 scared me a little bit, but Jose Abreu has coronavirus, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, he is good. And, you know, hopefully he's just not like Yoel Moncada because Yoel Moncada, he hasn't looked the same. But Abreu, he was, he was thinking that he contracted a non-serious version of of Corona, like, I think it was a couple months before the season actually started last year. And he, he turned out to be final in the MVP. So hopefully this one is not serious as well. And he can, you know, get the antibodies and never get it again. But Zidane, any thoughts on Abreu? And probably not much, but what do you got? Uh, I just think it's important to know that he didn't, he had the antibodies because he got it, I believe, mid-January around. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and he did say he had a mild case, but he has uh, had some time to recover before the season and spring training. Obviously, he's being held out of spring training for now, but he'll be back pretty soon, and I want to see what happens, but I'm going to be hopeful and say he'll be fine. Okay, Charlie, what's the next piece of news? All right, so Royce Lewis, the top prospect for the Twins, is out with an ACL injury for the entire year. Twins fans were really excited about him, and it's not really sad because we're White Sox fans. It's not really sad for our team, but it's definitely sad for their team. He looked like a promising young young star. But Zidane has done lots of research on this event, and I heard about it, but Zidane knows more than me. What's up with this Kevin Mathis Mariners GM? I think it's a GM, right? Something or like president of baseball operations, but either way, he done messed up this week <laughs> because he has now been let go. I believe he resigned, but it's essentially being a firing. He was doing an interview for a Seattle Rotary Club, I believe it's like a boat club, and he had some things to say about his players and how he deals with the Seattle Mariners. I'm just going to throw go through some talking points he went through. One, Kyle Seager, the guy who's been there for 10 years. First, he said, we're not going to resign him. So Kyle Seager's out of Seattle next year. And also, when asked about Kyle Seager, he said probably overpaid, which is not something you hear a president of baseball say a lot. Then he talked a lot about Julio Rodriguez and saying his English wasn't great and that he had a loud personality, which both are false. Then he talked about their top prospect, Jared Kalnick, who I think may be the next Mike Trout, or who knows. We have Luis better. Robert, don't forget. 
We do, but Jared Kelnick, I think he may be on that level. Yeah. He said, no matter how good he does, he wasn't going to show up last year. So he's manipulating service time. We've seen it before. Main case is Chris Bryant. Like He's going to be hitting free agency next year, but he's already 30. And they manipulated his service time to be able to do that. We all know MLB does it, but you don't guys hear talk about it a lot. He did, and I don't know what he was thinking, but he is out of the Seattle Mariners, probably for the best. Okay, we'll be going to our next segment. All right. Charlie, what do we have? I want to say that it's Kevin Mather, not Kevin Mathis, and it ends it. I was right. He is the president of baseball. But there's one more piece of news that we did not have planned, but I just got a second notification from my Twitter that I completely forgot about. Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet will start this season in the bullpen, according to Tony LaRusso, the manager. Got to, got to start off with that LaRusso is looking like he's having fun with the players, and there's cool videos and everything. They're having fun playing games. I think we touched on it last episode, maybe a little bit. Zidane, thoughts on that before we move to the Kopech and Crochet situation? Uh, I think it looks great, and we'll definitely be talking about it later when we talk about spring training. But just... I'm surprised by Tony LaRusso. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael Kopech, Zidane, I'm going to have to say it. We called this. We called this Kopech situation. We said that it would be a good not, – we, not, we didn't say that he is going to 100% going to start in the bullpen. We said it would be a good idea for him to start in the bullpen, you know, and work his, work his way up. And I think that's awesome. He's surrounded by a bunch of guys in the bullpen. I wouldn't say experienced guys because we got lots of young bullpen arms, but – Kopech, he's he's gonna learn from cats and all those guys learn, are gonna learn from cats. We talked about that last episode and a bullpen's a good fit for him, you know, until he can move up to the you know four or five starting starting role with with Dylan C. So yeah, that's I don't I don't know if it's like encouraging or like kind of like a letdown. I don't think it is. I just think that you want to get him integrated into the squad and get him used to uh, these types of these types of MLB hitters. But yeah, nothing too crazy there. But I, I like to hear it. Now our next segment is going to be. I'll start off with saying this. It's spring training, and we are starting to get excited. But we know, and I'm sure you guys know our good players, but we want to talk about the lesser-known prospects. You guys probably still know them, but guys that we want to talk about that won't be on the team next year or that most likely won't be playing next year, but we're excited to see them you know, in a couple of years whenever that might happen. So Zidane, who is – my? I, we both picked three, and mine – or not in any particular order. I don't know if Zidane's there, but Zidane, who is your first type of prospect spring training guy? This is the most exciting, and it's a little bit of a stretch because he'll definitely make the opening day roster, but I think spring training will be huge for this guy and huge for the fan base to watch him. It's Andrew Vaughn, I believe, one of the most exciting pieces in this franchise that we're looking forward to. We've not seen him play above single A before, but anything I've heard or seen of Andrew Vaughn seems to be looking good. He looks good in BP. Tony LaRusso said he's very impressive, so to have a Hall of Fame manager say that about your young player, you know we like that. And I think he just looks well-adjusted to the major leagues, but I think this game on Sunday and the following spring training games will be really big for him. Okay, Charlie. What do you have? Yeah, before I move on to mine, Vaughn is obviously a good shout. I just went with players that, you know, might not get there this year. But Vaughn, obviously, huge shout. He hit a home run today in the inter-squad game. Same with Luis Robert. I just saw that on the White Sox Twitter account. But 
Yeah, Vaughn, Vaughn's exciting. And I want to touch on this because Zidane mentioned – I mean, I can't I can't speak English. Vaughn, Vaughn is just too exciting. Vaughn is just too exciting. Zidane started with Vaughn, and I have to say that he it's looking it's looking pretty likely that he's going to start on the MLB roster come the start of the season, maybe wait a month, get um get more benefits out of his contract like we've done in the past with a couple of players. But, man, Vaughn, I, I said – we would, I want to pick up a DH just in case Vaughn isn't ready. Obviously, Zidane said he hasn't played above single A, which is you know a big factor. But you know if if Larusa, he's an experienced guy and he thinks Vaughn's ready, then go ahead. You know the reason I say this is because we don't have a DH, and if we're gonna talk about the Eloy, Lurie Garcia, and Adam Angle, you know triple threat sort of what's what's the word um, platoon with DH and, and that left field spot, we, obviously with Eaton and Wright, he's also mixed in there sometimes. You never know what's going to happen with him. But I, that just doesn't really make me happy. So if Vaughn's ready, he's got to go in there right away because if he has the right attitude going into the season, he'll do well. You just got to – for for a guy like that, for a guy like Vaughn, he hasn't played above single A, you need a good attitude going in and being confident because – our division is pretty hard. You got guys like Shane Bieber pitching to you, and you have to play it above single A. But we'll see how that goes. My prospect is 24 years old. He has not played above no. He is no. He is a first base first baseman, and he has played above double A. Double A, yes. He hasn't played above double A, and it is Gavin Sheets, first baseman. 49th pick in the 2017 MLB draft. I need to search that up because, again, I can't read my own own handwriting. When Zidane talks, I'll correct my mistake. That happens. But I'm really excited to see him in spring training. He's 6'5", 245. He's a slugger. And too bad we have Abreu and Andrew Vaughn because he's, he's not going to get in there for a couple of years. Maybe if maybe when Abreu goes and he, he, gets, he gets up there in age, he can go to the DH or first base spot, wherever Vaughn isn't. And he's going to be in AAA this year, and hopefully we can see him in the next coming year. So Gavin Sheets, really excited for him. Zidane, who's your next sort of prospect, whatever you want to call it? Here's an interesting one. He, We have seen, if you look at the White Sox Instagram and Twitter, we have seen him at spring training, and I don't know how he's doing, but he seems to be fitting in well. Third baseman, Jake Berger. He's 24 years old. I believe he was a first round pick in 2017, 11th overall pick. You know, he's shown potential, but he has dealt with some injuries. At low level, at low A level in 2017, he had 271, had a 335 on base percentage, 409 slugging. Pretty good numbers. You never know. We'll see, but I think he could be an exciting player and definitely exciting to watch in spring training for the White Sox. Okay, Charlie, what do you have for your number two? Well, my number two guy is Jake Berger. Zidane touched on it. He got he's he's gotten screwed with his injuries. Highest level single A, twenty four years old. He returned to baseball actually in, in twenty twenty after a two year Achilles injury. He's he's a pretty big guy and he's gotten more like chiseled over the over over the break. And he looks he looks pretty good. If he can stay healthy, he's he's a good he's a good prospect and he was 11th overall in 2017, listed at 6'2", 220. So a bigger guy at third base and definitely definitely excited for him. But Yohan Moncada, he's got to do well this year just just in case Jake Berger go, does something crazy and he goes above. But that's not going to happen. He also went to Missouri State College, and 
he I was watching an interview he did with I don't know who it was but he loves his college and he says quote he would do anything for Missouri State so looks like that college treated him well and like Zidane said the Twitter posts a lot about Jake Berger and his hitting ability so that's very exciting one thing I want to go back to Gavin Sheets on is that on uh, obviously Scott Merkin MLB.com awesome guy quote Sheets in much better spot or in much better spot set for camp so Gavin Sheets should be should be playing hopefully we can see him Sunday we, ne- we never know with spring training but Zidane who is your next prospect Who's a prospect who is in at spring training right now who may not even be there next year? The guy I'm very excited about, and if he does go to spring training, I think could exceed expectations amazingly. That's Yoki Cespedes. He does definitely has to improve, and I don't think he'll be at spring training this year. But I'm talking about next year. He has shown complete five-tool ability. You know, the power is a little low, but major leagues, you can always develop power. He has that contact. He has amazing sprint speed. The defense is outstanding. And I think about it, especially in like three or four years, you're going to still have all these guys, but you're not going to have Adam Eden in right field. And I definitely think Yoki Cespedes could slot in there, give us the best young outfield trio in the league. We'll see. He's not going to be here this year, but he's definitely a guy I'm going to watch out for next year and maybe even the year after that. Charlie, what do you think about that pick, and who do you have at number three? Well, one thing I have to say about that pick is me and Zidane, we should have talked before doing this. I I thought it would be different. We got lots of prospects. But mine is Yoke Cespedes as well. I don't want to go too in-depth, but I think I will anyway because we covered Cespedes when we got him a couple – like. It was actually a while ago, so we've probably gotten some new viewers. So I'm going to go back to my notes in Google Docs for this. So he is 23 from Yara in Cuba, 5'9". He bats and throws right. Obviously, the younger half-brother of Ioannis Cespedes. He started his career in Cuba, and he played for Alzanes de Gran Mustard. If I butchered that in the Cuban National Series. Averaged 10 years younger than the average player in the league, and he won championships in 2016, 2017, 2018. And the Cuban National Series is pretty much the MLB of Cuba. And it was formed in 1961, so definitely newer than the MLB, but, you know, still still pretty similar, and the, the level is high there as well. Right field, center field, number one international player as of the 2020 ranking, so I was, I was excited when we signed him. But, yeah, he's not going to be in spring training. I When I was doing my research, there was an article, Sox Machine, Jim Margulis. I love those guys over there. Hopefully we can get one of them on the podcast pretty soon. He said, by and large, when he's talking about Jared Kelly and Yoko Cespedes, Jared Kelly, another prospect of the White Sox, he says, by and large, the players who are neither on the 40-band roster nor on this list will report to the second spring training for the players at AA and below in April. But James Fegan said there will be exceptions. So James Fegan's tweet said, like Yoko Cespedes, second-round pick Jared Kelly is headed to Arizona, but will be participating in a minor league minicamp at the White Sox complex. Neither are officially part of the major league camp roster. That was February 11, 2021. So yeah, they're not going to be, they're not going to be here, but Yoko Cespedes, a couple years, get some spring training time and hopefully in the MLB soon. Shorter episode today, but if this second bar is going to be so, so fun. Zidane, who, or not who, what is your first hot take for the White Sox? This 
this is hot. And if you look last season, I don't – I think for this guy, for the first few weeks, he could have said that, but then he dropped off a cliff. You probably know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Luis Robert specifically. He wins MVP this year. What? Wow. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. But, I mean, the talent is there. It is. I mean, you think about the first month of the season – he could have been in the running. He would have won. It. He I would think, have won like, rookie of the year, hundred percent. Oh, by far. I think Carlos is a stud. Lewis at that time as well. Yes, he's. Him and Kyle Lewis are a lot like, but Luis Robert he's just more fun to watch. He's one of the most exciting players in baseball. I think some of his stuff may get underappreciated, but he just plays baseball and he has fun. And he's really he's good at it. I mean, fielding, I honestly, this last year, watching him play the outfield was more fun than watching him hit. Like in the second month of the season, watching him hit was kind of wasteful because if they threw a slider, that man's or out. First like pitch. that's, that's. First pitch ooh. outside, low corner. Exactly. He was done for. So he'd go 0 for 4, maybe get a hit once. Playing the outfield, just watching him run to left field, and he'll just be like, mm, I can't touch him. Like, he's just going to take it. Adam Meenan's about to experience that. He's probably going for the fly ball and just see this dude running super he fast. He might cuss him out knowing how so, Adam Meenan is, to be honest. Yeah, I'd be, he'd be like, <laughs> it's insane. But I mean, if he can figure out, like, we talk about this so much, low and outside pitches, he's so. Bad at. I don't think he's ever made contact with one, but he swings it every time. I mean, if Larusa can just be like, do some voodoo magic from the Hall of Fame manager, third most wins in MLB history, just be like, fix him swinging at that. I think I think it's possible. It's a hot take, but yeah, go with it. Be, be confident. It could happen. Yeah. Okay, Troy. That was an interesting one. What do you have? For your first hot take. All right, this one's a little less controversial. I think you might, like, agree with it, but I know people, definitely fans of other teams, that would disagree with this. But Tim Anderson will prove he is the best shortstop in Chicago, better than Javi Baez, and up there for best shortstops in the league. I think he'll be around top seven, obviously, behind guys like Correa and Lindor. But it's going to – maybe not Correa. Maybe not Correa. Lindor, Lindor, Lindor definitely will be above. But Tim Anderson – I am so confident in him. Excuse me. He's been my favorite player. He joined a while ago. I was I was looking at his bio a couple of weeks ago and he I don't remember the exact year he started his career, but or where he joined the White Sox. It was a while ago. Like I've been watching him for more than three years, going to games, watching him. And it's just now that people are starting to notice him and he's he's gonna be great this year. And he like we said a couple episodes ago, he has that average. It will be there every single year. But the question is, will he hit enough home runs? And he has power. So, And I think I think he's already better than Javi Baez. I'm going to have to say it right now. I don't – I always like Javi Baez. That's the only guy I really liked on the Cubs. I love his play style. They're kind of similar, although Baez is definitely a better fielder. They're both, they're both like flashy players. But Tim Anderson, I like better. He's going to do awesome this year. Zidane, what's your next, next hot take for the White Sox? Before I go to my next yep. hot take, I think 
I have to agree with your hot take with Tim Anderson, but the problem is that if you ever look at advanced statistics, they're like, wow, Tim Anderson is really good, but it's not sustainable. They said that last year. They're saying it again this year, and I think they're wrong, Yeah, but I can understand why because let me tell you, Tim Anderson doesn't walk. He swings a lot. He makes contact, but he never, like, outside pitches, he barely ever takes. It's not good, but, I mean, it works for him. So, we'll see what happens We saw him last year, year swinging a – Okay, high. for my number two pit. We saw we saw him last year swinging a bunch of high pitches, though, I remember. Yeah. Gone. For my number two pick, I have Lucas Giolito, the ace of the White Sox. And I have him having a lower than two ERA and 300-plus strikeout. Now, I think this may be the hottest. My last one is completely off the charts. But this is – I'm talking about Realistic like Jacob DeGrom-type stats. It's going to be hard to get there. But, I mean, it, if, he, if Lucas Giolito can limit his off days – I think this is extremely possible because, like, you and me both know, if he's off, he's off. He He's going to give up four or more runs. That happens sometimes, but a lot less than last season. But when he's on, he is – he just dots it up. It's like his changeup, untouchable. Hitters just be like, how is it a changeup? I mean, it moves so much. It's so good. If he can just be – okay rather than be bad on his off days i think this is extremely possible it's a hot take but i'm happy to go with it charlie what's your number your what's your second all right my second hot take for the white Sox. this is a this is a little different one but garrett crochet will be the most important non-starter for the white Sox. so pitcher the non-starting pitcher for the that i kind of worded that weirdly the most important pitcher that is not a starter for the white Sox next season I say that because he has the potential. This guy, constant 100-101 fastball, and he's got the breaking pitches. And listen, he's going to come – this is what I want. He's going to come out after the starter, maybe pitch one to two innings, and then we got – he's like a more of a middle-of-the-game middle, middle of the game guy after um, – middle-second half, I, I should say. So, say Giolito, he goes, let's say, around six innings or five innings. Crochet gets the sixth and seventh, and then we get a, and then we get a reliever, and then we go Liam Hendricks, and the game's done. We win. I think the reason why I put Garrett Crochet in that in that spot right after the the starter comes out is because he's going to be lights out. He's that lefty. That's the guy you want in that situation. He's going to throw absolute heat the whole entire time, consistent 101 fastballs, and I loved him when I saw him this year. Tall. Lengthy lefty, and I'm I'm excited to see him. Zidane, what's your next hot take and last hot take for the White Sox? That's a very interesting one, and my hot my last hot take is also going to be in the bullpen. And I was leaning towards Liam Hendricks, but we already know he's a stud, so it wouldn't be a hot take. I was thinking Garrett Crochet is the next Rollish Chapman, but not Cuban. But I decided not to do that. I have Aaron Bummer will be the best reliever in baseball. Wow. Even better than Liam Hendricks. And I'm not saying Liam Hendricks will be bad. Liam Hendricks will be number two. Okay. But Aaron Bummer, 
I mean, he has elite stuff. It's just that's that it's that simple. His sinker, elite. Cutter, elite. Fastball, he throws it last, but elite. I mean, and you watch him pitch like last in 2019. My God, it was it was amazing. It was like it was like watching prime Pedro Martinez. It's like, what are you gonna do? And then this year, and he, he didn't pitch. Obviously, he pitched like what, eight innings. Still a stud, stud in those eight innings, though. I think with Ethan Katz, if they can improve on anything, I think it is possible. Okay, Charlie, what do you think about my final hot take? And what? Yeah, that mean? that's definitely a very hot take. Thinking that we have Liam Hendricks as our closer, but that it's very possible and. Be be confident with your pick because I think that could happen. But my pick is a hot take in general, but a very, very, very hot take in relation to one of your hot takes. You'll understand when I say it. Dallas Keuchel will be our best starting pitcher this year over Lucas Giolito. Ah, uh, Zidane gets out of his chair. He's looking at me through the he's looking at me through the screen, and he has a questioned look on his face. He gets out of his chair right away. What what? I'll explain it. We've seen career years from Dallas Keuchel. His Astro years in that in that 2015 season was awesome. 2015. That sounds. I feel like that sounds wrong. No, I. Yeah, I it was the 2015 season. We talked yeah. about that. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. It is. 2015. Yeah, his 2015 season was awesome. His ERA will always be low. It was 1.99 last year. I'm not going to say that Lucas Giolito is going to – I don't even want to say that Lucas Giolito is going to be worse than him. I'm just going to say Dallas Keuchel is going to be better than him. And we're going to have – our top two are going to be pure, like, crazy good aces. And Lance Lynn will be just a good ace, which is, which is, which is good. But Dallas Keuchel, he knows it's an important season, and he's going to have this confidence going into playoffs. He has playoffs. He has playoff experience, and he's going to destroy. I think Dallas Keuchel will be better than Lucas Giolito this season. All right, moving on to the MLB. Actually, I want to get I want your thoughts on this. I like Dallas Keiko. But I mean, him over Giolito, like if Dallas Keiko suddenly learned how to strike out people, sure. But he's not going to. I think he'll be maybe around two. But no way he's better than Giolito. Interesting pick. I mean, I'd be happy to see it. I'm not going to say I won, but I don't think it's going to be ha- happening. Okay, now, the ML Bull predictions. Do you want to go first? All right, I'll go first, and it is calling in hot with a hot take. I don't know if Zidane's going to agree with this, but he might not go crazy. Like, I, Actually, he might. I'm just going to say it. Fern- there, is, there is no award for this, but I'm just going to say it like there is. Fernando Tatis will win the most disappointing player in 2021. He's going to win that award. Guys, he is a great player, and he's one of my favorite players in the league. But he is overhyped by the MLB community and specifically by all these MLB Instagram posts. They they adore him. And for correct reason, he's trying to change the game, and I give him props for that. But I don't think he is good. I don't think he's as good as people pan him out to be. He is awesome, and he will get there, but he is not going to get there right away next season and probably not by the end. But he's going to be good. He's going to be – the reason people are going crazy is because he did awesome in a 60-game season. The game, the season this year is a 162-game season, and I want to see him do well consistently. That's why I don't think. That's why I think he's going to be disappointing. Still be good, but disappointing. 100% the most disappointing player next year. Zidane, 
what's your first hot take for the MLB? Want to give my, give your thoughts on that? I think the Tatis one is. I don't know if he'd be the most disappointing, but I could definitely see him be disappointing. You know, I don't think he's in. People are ranking him like. I don't know if you see this, but MLB Network, all the reporters, they do top ten lists a lot, and a lot of them are garbage. I mean, I believe Daniel Jeremiah, some, I don't remember exactly who, and Mike Trout is the third best player in baseball, which is idiotic, <laughs> to say who, the who, least. Who was above him? Um, Juan Soto, which is an amazing yeah. hitter, and I'll talk about him later, but like fielding, come on. Then they had Mookie Betts, and the one reason he had He's overhyped was as well, war. by the way. I want to get that out there as well. Betts, who? I don't think he's number one quality, but he is. he's in the top five. But people are people are saying he's way – no one says he's way better than Trout, but people say he's better than Trout. It's not true. No, because the only metric that Betts is better in is war, and that's by 1, 1.2. But Trout has nearly 200 points OPS better. I mean, we're gonna, we're not going to talk about that because it's just – I don't know how you do that. But here's a guy who I think is a stud who sometimes get injured. But with a new smile, no longer gap tooth, Aaron Judge will hit more than 50 home runs and have 1,000 OPS. I mean, basically – if Robert doesn't win MVP, it's Judge. Because, I mean, if he can stay healthy, like, that's the only thing with Aaron Judge. The only thing with the Yankees like, You look well. at last. Exactly. They're a great team, but they don't stay healthy. But Aaron Judge, I mean, he's so good at baseball, but he just gets injured. I mean, like, outfield. Like, only guy who's as good as him in right field is Mookie Betts. They're amazing defensively. What is he, 6'7"? He can just go up, grab that, drop a home run, whatever he wants. But, I mean, he has the power. He can get on base pretty well if he stays healthy through this season, 162 games. I just really hope. I want this to happen. I don't want the Yankees to be that good, but I like Aaron Judge. And if he stays healthy, I think he can be amazing this year. Okay, Charlie, what's your second MLB before that, that Aaron Judge take is awesome. I 110% agree with that. This guy, the only question, there's one question with him, and that's can he stay healthy? Because he can do everything. He is the most ridiculous power hitter I've seen in so long. He will launch. Yeah, if 50 home runs is definitely a possibility, and I think he can do that. But it's 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 just like his team. He's got to stay healthy. The Yankees got to stay healthy. And if that doesn't happen, he's got no chance. The Yankees got no chance. But – it's their pitching that kind of worries me as well. I don't think their pitching is that good, but we're not on that topic. My hot take, this will disapp- This is on the other side of New York. This will disappoint lots of people. I know Zidane knows exactly what I'm going to say. The Mets will disappoint once again this year. It's the Mets, but my you know more specific prediction for them is they will fall in the wild card or just not make the playoffs. I don't think their lineup is as strong as people make it out to be. Syndergaard is not, is not going to be back this year or he's going to be back at the end of the year. Jacob DeGrom, he's awesome. He'll be the, he'll be their ace, and he's going to be ridiculous. I don't think Senegar is going to be back. Or no, he is. he's in spring training. He's not going to be back at the start of the season. That's, that's, that's 100%. I've seen that. Middle of the season, three-fourths of the way from the season. But 
their pitching is is actually pretty good, but their hitting, I don't think it's as deep as other teams in the NL. Zidane, what's your thoughts on that? It's an interesting pick. Um, I think it's wrong, All right. but uh, I think I can understand seeing. I mean, they'd have to face a really good team in that wild card, like. Padres, I mean, like, who could they face in the wild card that they lose to? I think it's only the Padres that I can think of, or maybe the Braves. But their lineup is really good, though, because you got Michael Conforto, Dominic Smith's pretty good, Pete Alonso if he rebounds, Lindor, best shortstop in baseball. But we'll see. We'll see. My next, my second, I'm going to be a bold prediction is Juan Soto, possibly the best hitter in baseball. It's over 400 this year. Wow. I mean, when we talk about Juan Soto, you got to compare him to one guy, and I think everyone does that. Ted Williams. Everyone says he's the next coming to Ted Williams. Well, he has to do what Ted Williams did, hit 400. And I think it's possible because, I mean, Juan Soto last year, was unbelievable. He was an on-base machine. Like, I've never... I don't think that... I'd have to think a long time to see a player who just got on-base, on-base. Like, I remember scrolling through ESPN. I'm like, oh, Nationals played. Click on the stats. One subtle, one hit. Tomorrow, two hits. Next game. He just got hits. He got walked. His power was insane. He had a deep home run that hit the apple in City Field. Fun to watch. He's a stud. He's not going to be a great fielder. We all know that, Bon Soto. But hitting, he's unstoppable. I think if anyone can do it, he can do it. Let's see if he hits 400. Okay, Charlie, what's your final MLB bold prediction? My bold prediction, I think some, some people would agree with this, but the Rays will disappoint this season, and they will finish third below the, below the Blue Jays in second. I mean, the Rays, they got rid of some pitching. And their hitting isn't there. We saw it in the playoffs. It's not It's it's not as deep as people like it. A Rosarina, if he bounces back, that's going to be very, very good for them. But I don't think – not a Rosarina if he bounces back. A, a Rosarina if he could consistently hits like he did in the playoffs because, like Zidane says, very bounce. That's the only way to – that's the only person you got to compare it to. But there's also the Yankees in that division. And there's also the Red Sox. And if the Rays really disappoint, I think it is possible that Boston can have a comeback year and finish above them. I, I, I think it's possible. That's my little second half of that hot take. I'm not high on the Rays. I've never been high on the Rays. They're not a fun team to watch because they're only pitching. Mizanon, we want the game to be changing. We want it to be more of a hitting-driven league. But the Rays... Going to disappoint again. That's my hot take. Zidane, you're up. My final hot take, and it's a personal one, because Charlie, as a White Sox fan, hates the Twins. Me, not so much. I don't like them. But there's one team that I hate more. The Cle- the formerly Cleveland Indians, future, who knows They're going to be Indians this year, will be. Not next year. This year. This year. The Cleveland Indians will be the worst team 
not in the AL Central, not in the AL, in the entire MLB. Yes, I'm taking the Pirates over them. Yes, I'm taking the Orioles over them. You want to know why? Because they suck. (laughs) I mean, pitching is going to be good. Like, I'll give them 12, who knows, I'll give him 20 wins just off of Shane Bieber because he's a stud. He's going to win you almost every game. But, I mean, that lineup is trash. I mean, like, I don't know. I think I take the Pirates oh maybe over them. Oh, my God. That is a hot like, take. Jose Ramirez. He's a stud. I'll, I'll give him that. But, I mean, who's in the outfield? Name one player in the outfield. Bum, bum, bum. Trash. I mean, Put me out there. Oh, I'm no, better I've never than seen you I may even get a hit. Exactly. I ain't never seen they play any good baseball. They can catch a pop out at most. They're not going to get a hit. They're going to hit below 200 maybe even, man. Tyler Naquin, he's not even there anymore. So they're even worse. Hey, he hit it inside the park home run. That lineup. Walk off inside the park home run. I'm joking. That was a joke. But I mean... <laughs> Their lineup. Who's there? You got Jose Ramirez. May even put like MVP numbers, but his team's going to suck. Shortstop, Amanda Rosario. Eh. First base, Josh Naylor at best. Like, come on. What are we doing here, Cleveland? They're so cheap. Their bullpen got worse. They're not going to be able to close out games. I think. I don't know. I think this is really just a personal one for me because of my hatred for the Indians and just how bad that lineup is. They'll be the worst team in baseball. I got a I got a projected projected lineup. This this website is not always the most accurate website, but this is the fastest one I could find because I don't know every single player on their team. Again, again the outfield is up in the air. Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Eddie Rosario. They they do have Fran Mill Reyes. He'll hit a bunch of home runs for you. But not not incredibly high in average, but he'll get there. Josh Naylor, Roberto Perez, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Mercado, Daniel Johnson, let's say. Zidane, that is their worst team in the MLB next year. They have Bieber, Plesek, and Savali, and Tristan McKenzie. The only really hole is that 5-5. McKenzie's awesome. Then, come on, not the worst team with a top four, a really awesome top four. Well, I ask you this, Charlie. Is that is that top four going – is that top four getting RBIs? <laughs> is that top four no, getting home runs? That is impossible. Do you want Jose Abreu to have 10 RBIs per game? Because that's the only way they'll win. Because, I mean, sure, you may get six innings of prime Shane Bieber, amazing Aaron Savali. But if your offense gives up zero runs, even if the pitcher balls out only gives up two runs, that's two to zero. And that's an L. <laughs> really hate the I mean, I mean, that's Indians. the Cleveland Indians. I think that's also why the Rays will disappoint. You can't have it all on right. pitching. You need offense, especially in a much more focused game on offense. You see the White Sox. Sure, pitching's pretty good. Bullpen's really good. But it's our hitting that makes us the White Sox. Dodgers. They got everything. and Kind of both. Same with the Padres. Like, they're they're just super teams. What are you going to do? But Cleveland Indians, 
you blow a three one lead in the World Series. For the Cubs especially. Five years later. Exactly. Five years later, you're the worst team in the MLB. That's how That's we're gonna close it out. That's how we're gonna close out with Zidane with a bold, bold statement. But Zidane, if you have nothing else, I'm gonna close out the episode. I don't think I All do. Right, well, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, follow us on Twitter at Southside Agenda. We're going to try to get more guests on the show hopefully in the next coming weeks. Thank you, guys.